Welcome to another We Went Fast original. Hi, Rusty. <laughs> How are you? How are you? <laughs> That's me, feigning excitement about being pounced on by a dog named Rusty. Rusty is an Australian shepherd with insanely crystal blue eyes, a speckled face, and a fur coat as thick as an alpaca. But he recently lost a fight with a skunk and he, well, I'm sure you can imagine the smell. And maybe that explains why the gnats won't leave us alone. Hey Rusty, hey, come here. Hey buddy. Here, come here, get up here. Come on, you don't like the skunk. <laughs> the man with the raspy voice? That's Rusty's owner, Bruce Brown. And I can already tell he'd rather return to gluing the weather stripping back into the door of his Subaru, which is what he was doing when we arrived. In October 2012, I went on a bucket list road trip from San Francisco to Riverside, stopping along the way to interview Mert Lawwell, Bruce Brown, and Malcolm Smith. I was doing a project for the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Looking back on it, I laugh at everything that went wrong. First, at Mert's house, we somehow deleted his entire interview from the memory card. I still remember Mert's wife, June, standing up, telling us not to worry about it, she'll make us some sandwiches, and he'll just tell the whole story over again. The look on Mert's face. Now here we are dealing with gnats, a rancid smelling dog, and bad audio. Yeah, the audio track from Bruce's interview had a horrible hissing sound embedded into it much like a radio station might sound while driving through an underground tunnel. You know, started riding motorcycles and kind of discovered it late in life. That's what the raw interview sounded like before editing. Thankfully, my brother is an audio engineer. Hire him for your own podcast. And we didn't get very far into the interview before I realized Bruce was either annoyed or bored with the questions. Understandable? There's nothing new to answer. He's been over this all a few times since 1971, the year he released his motorcycle movie on any Sunday. But I, I don't want to take credit for that. Go on to something else. Mert and Malcolm were being honored by the Motorcycle Hall of Fame in a ceremony that fall. I had to get Bruce to talk about why Mert and Malcolm were legends. But he doesn't like going there because he doesn't want to be linked to being responsible for their legacy as motorcycling icons. I always say, well, they probably would have been that anyway, you know. I mean, I don't take any credit for it. I give them all the credit. So, and Malcolm gives me all the credit, and so does Mert, but I just turn it around and say, that's not true. It's true. Like I said, the day before, we interviewed Mert at his house, and he couldn't have thanked Brown enough. The day after visiting Bruce, we were in Riverside, California, where Malcolm spun it around just like Bruce said he would. Every trade show, somebody comes up, or a lot of people come up and say, you're the one that got me interested in motorcycles, and that's why I started riding, and that's why I'm in the industry, and it isn't me, it's Bruce Brown that did that. I mean, he's the, he's the guy with the, could make people understand the thrill of it and the excitement of it. I was just one of the guys he used. Mert and Malcolm, however, are the last men standing. Bruce and Steve McQueen are no longer around to argue the point, but the movie? It's still here. It will always be here. After 50 years of Sundays, 
Let's look forward to celebrating 50 more. Here's the story of a few lives that were changed by On Any Sunday and how it's still gripping people and encouraging them to turn it on and give themselves a real thrill. I love stickers, a lot. But the Davis Brothers at Throttle Jockey, they love stickers even more. And that's why I rely on them for We Went Fast decals. Not only is Throttle Jockey's quality superior, but their love for moto and motorcycle history is at the core of everything they produce. It started in the 1970s at Central Indiana's Knobby Hill when Robert and Matt Davis first rode their minibikes. In high school, Robert learned to screen print his name on the back of his race jersey and then moved on to vinyl stickers. With his younger brother Matt, they coined the name Graphics Lab in 1986 and made stickers for all the top skateboard companies in the US and beyond. In the early 90s, after researching and developing ways to make a better motorcycle graphics kit, they became the official supplier to Team Peak Pro Circuit Honda for the 92 season. And since 1995, they've supplied graphics kits to American Honda's factory team, including the now legendary Woody Woodpecker theme. Stickers, graphics, seat covers, and plastics go with Throttle Jockey. Passion, history, quality. ThrottleJockey.com. Speaking of decals, every product ordered from We Went Fast comes with a handful of stickers. Go to WeWentFast.com shop to see the On Any Sunday product line, which is officially licensed by Bruce Brown Films. Show your support for We Went Fast and your love for On Any Sunday by picking up a movie poster or one of several t-shirt designs. WeWentFast.com slash shop. And now, 50 years of Sundays. On Any Sunday will change your life. In the end, On Any Sunday won it all, and it's still winning. 50 years after its theatrical release, Bruce Brown's 1971 motorcycle documentary continues to defy time and technology. If Oscars were handed out based on the potential of societal influence, the Academy may have handed the statue for best documentary film to Brown instead of Waylon Green whose insect world film The Hellstrom Chronicle combined elements of science fiction and horror and, in the end, frightened people from weeding their own gardens. A masterpiece in cinematography, Hellstrom became a worthy teaching tool in high school science classes, but didn't create a surge in new entomologists and faded into obscurity over the decades. It has no official hard copy or streaming distribution, but thanks to YouTube, we can all experience how terrifying Venus flytraps are for small insects. Seriously, it's an edge-of-your-seat scene. Few movies remain relevant after a half-century, but on any Sunday continues to achieve something far more. It still changes lives. The teenagers who bought matinee tickets in the summer of 1971, but didn't emerge from theaters until midnight, 
were the first generation of souls captivated by the sights, sounds, and sensations of watching motorcycles in this film. They liked the movie so much that they hid in the theater bathrooms or darted through the doors of a different flick to wait for the next showing of Brown's motorcycle movie. If there wasn't a seat, they found a wall to lean against or a step to perch on and took another lap in the worlds of Mert, Malcolm, and McQueen. New York Times film critic Vincent Canby trashed the Hellstrom Chronicle one month before he saw On Any Sunday, which he enjoyed, it seems, much more than he expected to. Brown stands in the way of becoming the unofficial poet of the sports world, Canby wrote on July 29, 1971. By putting his cameras on the cycles, Brown achieves audience participation effects with speed that amounts to marvelous delirium. On any Sunday, looking back on the crowd From the far out place I found Dan Geary bought into that delirium, literally. His currency as a 13-year-old wasn't the greenbacks he made pushing lawnmowers around Redwood City, California. It was a CT70, for which he had to pay back his parents half the purchase price. They didn't like motorcycles. Too dangerous, too fast. But they were smart enough to use the little trail bike as leverage to encourage him to keep up his grades and as a tool to teach their son how to care for something and learn the basics of a trade. On weekends, Geary's dad loaded the CT70 into the back of the Plymouth station wagon and left him at the Foster City Salt Flats with a can of gas. Dan rode around on his own and watched the pros practice on the various sized flat tracks they built. Four to six hours later, his dad would pick him up. Geary first heard about the movie from the hours he and his friends spent loitering around ANA Motors, where they stretched the throttle and clutch cables of the Yamahas on the showroom floor, and listened to the professional flat track racers Jim Odom and Jim Rice tell stories from the pro circuit. Dan can't remember exactly who said it, but he has a vague memory of someone excitedly saying, there's a movie and we're going to be in it. When On Any Sunday opened at the Fox Theater in Redwood City, Dan lined up for the very first showing. Still ambivalent about dirt bikes, Mr. Geary went with his son to experience all the fuss. It enlightened him a little about why I loved bikes, Dan says. He really enjoyed it. Yet he still wouldn't let his son emulate Mert Lawwell and become a flat track racer, which was his dream. He didn't like those speeds, Dan says, of the line his father drew. Dan, 14 when he first saw the movie, discovered motocross instead. At Christmas that same year, a yellow Yamaha MX-90 leaned on a kickstand next to the tree. That I paid for, Dan says, laughing. He spent the summer and fall mowing, raking, and weeding for a dollar an hour and made enough money to buy his own motocross bike, for which he finally received on Christmas morning. Dan sunk himself deep into motocross. He jokes that he didn't even know his high school had a football team because he was so focused on racing. In 1975, he raced as a professional at the Hangtown Motocross National. In 2006, at almost 50 years old, he bought a steel shoe and finally raced flat track. 
A few years later, Geary finally got the chance to tell Malcolm Smith that on any Sunday changed his life. I know he's heard that a million times, but he still had a smile on his face, Dan says. You might know Geary today as at DG533 on Instagram. The classic example of the Sunday competitor who rides for fun with his usual ear-to-ear grin is Malcolm Smith. The only thing different between Malcolm and the rest of the Sunday competitors is Malcolm rides a greater variety of events, something different almost every Sunday. He seems to enjoy it more than anyone, and he's also the best. People like Dan Geary often wonder how life would have turned out had they not seen the movie. Malcolm Smith still wonders how much different his life would have been had he turned down the offer to appear in On Any Sunday. Which he did. Sort of. What he didn't know at the time was that Bruce Brown hadn't considered other options. Brown, who died on December 10, 2017, 10 days after his 80th birthday, used to joke that he only bought a Husqvarna because that's what Malcolm rode. With the same bike, he thought, he might be able to pick up the same skills. He soon realized it wasn't about the bike. Brown liked how Malcolm could tear down a Husqvarna in about 45 seconds, Brown says, and he relied on Malcolm for all his mechanical work, too. So did an actor named Steve McQueen. In the late 1960s, Malcolm owned the service department of Ken Johnson's and Norm MacDonald's K&N Yamaha dealership in Riverside, California. In 1969, Ken and Norm wanted to focus on their growing air filter business. Yeah, that K&N. And Malcolm bought out the sales and parts departments for $125,000. Exact timing varies, but Malcolm remembers that Bruce pitched a motorcycle movie concept to him before he assumed full ownership of the dealership. Brown's goal was to showcase motorcycling and motorcyclists in the same clean-cut, family-friendly way that his 1966 surf documentary Endless Summer did. Surfers were not all beach bums, and motorcyclists were not Hell's Angels or characters straight off the set of The Wild One. In Brown's eyes, Malcolm Smith had talent and a persona as far removed from Johnny Strabler as he could find. Months later, however, Malcolm felt swamped and overwhelmed with his new responsibilities at the dealership. He turned Brown down when the filmmaker called to schedule shoot dates. Undeterred, Brown said he'd check back in a few weeks. In a 2012 interview at his ranch north of Santa Barbara, when asked what Plan B was, Brown said, I never thought about it. I wanted Malcolm, and I always knew I was going to get Malcolm even if I had to cry. I really had no other options. Two weeks later, Malcolm said he felt better about his business and agreed to work on the movie. That was the best decision I ever made, Malcolm says. Even if it hadn't come out wonderful, I had such a great time filming and traveling together. When he first saw the movie, a little over a year later, Malcolm was shocked at how much of the 90 minutes went to him and his adventures. I thought it was going to be two to three minutes for me and gone. Bruce never hinted to me that I would be in it so much, Malcolm says. Maybe Malcolm missed the April 21, 1970 issue of Cycle News that probably sat on the counter of his dealership. 
In a half-page article, Bob Sanford broke the news that Brown would feature motorcycle racing in an already underway documentary with the working title, Any Sunday. Next to a photo of Bruce running a camera at Saddleback Park, Sanford wrote, quote, A sizable portion of the film will revolve around California riding ace Malcolm Smith. Brown feels that Smith epitomizes the nature of the sport, an easygoing rider making his living at a bike shop who, on any given Sunday, can enter any one of a variety of events and give the best of competition hell. Additionally, Brown is considering shooting a segment of film devoted to one of the nation's professional circuit riders. End quote. The AMA Grand National Series was five rounds deep by the time of the announcement in Cycle News. Before he knew which rider he would follow on the Grand National Circuit, which ended up being Mert Lawwell, Brown knew he wanted Malcolm as a centerpiece character in his film. The triangle of talent was carefully selected to engage the moviegoers. You weren't going to be Steve McQueen or Mert Lawwell, but Malcolm was somehow attainable, even if only in one's mind. Lawwell represented the gladiator, the larger-than-life giant, even if he was only five foot six inches tall. He was the AMA Grand National Champion and on the quest for another title. McQueen starred in blockbuster films, but we connected with him because he liked to bang bars and get his fingers dirty along with every other weekend warrior. Still, he was Steve McQueen, one of the highest paid actors in the world. But Malcolm Smith was everyone. Nobody deluded themselves into thinking they could beat Malcolm. But they could certainly be him. He wasn't an A-list celebrity or a grand national champion, although he briefly held a professional AMA dirt track license in 1959. Malcolm was the guy who made you feel like you could do it too. Here's an On Any Sunday anecdote that has almost nothing to do with graphics and stickers, but everything to do with why I choose Throttle Jockey to make decals for We Went Fast. Throttle Jockey co-founder Matt Davis wandered around the Indy Motorcycle Expo in 2007, meeting new people and collecting stickers, of course. When he made eye contact with the most recognizable face in the entire industry, Malcolm Smith, the Malcolm Smith. And Malcolm didn't just smile and continue on, no. He walked right toward Davis and, no joke, said, Hi, I'm Malcolm Smith. Matt was floored again when Malcolm said he knew about Throttle Jockey and its quality graphics kits. Malcolm then called over a friend, a man named Bruce Brown, and the three had what Matt now remembers as a bucket list meeting. And that's how Malcolm Smith became a Throttle Jockey customer. Commitment to your product doesn't go unnoticed, even by our heroes. Passion, history, quality. ThrottleJockey.com Hey, do you want to support We Went Fast? Join the We Went Fast team at patreon.com slash we went fast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash we went fast. For as little as three bucks a month, you can get exclusive content, early access to new products, and discounts to the shop. Patreon.com slash we went fast. The nearest water is in the radiator of his truck, but he doesn't have any idea where his truck is.
That's a thousand dollar signal fire. During a 2017 KTM executive dinner in Montreal, Steve Masterson found himself unable to contribute to the conversation, which is rare for the talkative and colorful Brit. He could no longer hide, so he came clean and finally admitted something as egregious as not knowing what sports Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan are famous for playing. He had never seen the movie On Any Sunday. The men around him, including KTM North America's president, John Hines, stood abruptly, threw their hands in the air, and shouted incredulously. Eyes bulged. The meal stopped. The group stared at Masterson. They may have even questioned my intelligence, Masterson says. They freaked out. He likened it to trying to talk to someone who knows the lines from Monty Python or Star Wars, as well as their own birth dates and social security numbers. The passion was so strong, and he couldn't fake it anymore. But he knew it would catch him eventually. Feelings of being inauthentic had crept into Masterson's mind. As the president of Kiska North America, KTM's design and branding agency, he's a sought-after speaker in the motorcycle industry, especially for the KTM dealer network who appreciate his sharp wit and stories. He's been in and around KTM since 2004. And his secret went deeper than just not seeing a movie. Steve didn't ride motorcycles. At all. Never. People just assume I ride because I work for KTM, he says. Growing up in Reading, England in the 1970s, Masterson launched his bicycle off ramps, but didn't know anyone with a motorcycle. He'd never heard of English motocross icons Dave Bickers or Jeff Smith, but he countlessly watched Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run and idolized Burt Reynolds. The Masterson house even had a 16-foot-tall CB radio antenna fixed to the roof, while a Trans Am and Ford Mustang sat in the garage. We were living the American dream inside a little house in England, Masterson jokes. By 2017, Masterson had lived in California for three years. He returned home from the Canadian trip on a Sunday evening. It was about 9 p.m. His wife had gone to bed. He was tired too, but he knew he couldn't walk into the office 12 hours later without arming himself with some on any Sunday context. Their reaction was so visceral, he says, I think I would have been drawn and quartered had I not watched this movie. He pulled up the YouTube app and laughed at how grainy, pixelated, and sepia-toned the pirated version looked on his 84-inch television. He leaned back in a recliner expecting a two-wheeled version of Smokey and the Bandit. After 90 minutes, he gently rocked in the chair with his arms crossed, deep in thought. He retraced every experience and every person he'd met through his work with KTM. He had perspective and even more reverence. It's not a prefrontal cortex film, he says. It appeals to the emotions. It's like falling in love. It speaks to the heart. Despite working for a company that participated in every single motorcycle activity featured in the film, it wasn't until he saw it all on the screen, in one package, that it came together for him. The desert racing his colleagues occasionally talked about now seemed real. Before, 
he didn't think those people actually existed. Masterson's career in the motorcycle industry shifted a gear. First, he earned a street bike endorsement. That was the first time I realized that motorcycling can actually be dangerous, he says. Then, he got on a KTM freeride in a dirt parking lot and practiced figure eights. A few weeks later, a co-worker put him aboard a KTM 250 SXF and sent him out on the vet motocross track at Cahia Creek. He loved it, but to this day, he doesn't let his wheels get off the ground. In the spring of 2021, he finally bought his own motorcycle, a KTM Duke 390. Had he not seen the movie? Who knows? On any Sunday is like the first line of Coke, he says. It's free, but you're going to want more. The movie has taken me into many different areas, but I still don't know if I'm a rider. There's still a few things I think I need to do, like run out of gas in the middle of the desert. Back in the United States, what's Malcolm do? Heads for another motorcycle race with his friend Steve McQueen. The event is the Elsinore Grand Prix. 1,500 motorcyclists line up in the main street waiting for the start. The genesis of the grueling Blackwater 100 came when Dave Coombs Sr. watched a movie in a high street theater in Morgantown, West Virginia. He saw Malcolm and 1,499 other riders, including a man named Harvey Mushman, compete in the Elsinore GP, which started and ended on the streets of Lake Elsinore, California. A few years after seeing On Any Sunday, Coombs hosted his own event in the coal country town of Davis, West Virginia. Like the Elsinore, the Blackwater 100 started and finished on the streets. Rita Coombs won't blame Malcolm, but she knew her life was going to change before that movie had even ended. She could tell, just by the entranced look in her husband's eyes, that ideas were forming in his head. I just remember sitting in the theater and thinking, oh no, this is not good, she says. Dave was a Morgantown-based musician and had recently bought a 1971 Triumph Bonneville to ride on the street with his bandmates. After watching on any Sunday, he went to a nearby motocross race and decided right then that he had a new hobby. According to his youngest child, Davey, his father walked over to the registration table and asked what kind of motorcycles they had on loan. Because nowhere in the movie did they explain that you had to bring your own bike, Davy says. Dad was just going to sign up and grab a bike. That week, he traded in his Triumph for a Mako and went racing. Rita's intuition was right. Her life changed. She worked the scoring booths and registration tables at the local races. Dave quickly realized he was about a decade too late to start a professional motocross career and he became a promoter instead. Dave died in 1998, but MX Sports, the promotions company he and Rita formed, now produces the Grand National Cross Country Series, where the Blackwater 100 lived through 1993, the AMA Amateur National Motocross Championships at Loretta Lynn's, and the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships, among other events and properties. Bert was riding beautifully, stretching out his lead. He'd done everything right. He'd chosen the right tire, 
He picked up those extra few RPMs by grinding down his cam follower. His machine was perfectly set up, and he was riding like the national champ he is. The crowd sensing victory and urging him on. On the last lap, the pack came around, but no Merck. Ryan Sipes still agonizes over Mert Lawwell's loss at the 1970 Columbus, Ohio half mile. Lawwell dominated the race until the final moments when his throttle cable broke. A $2 part. As Brown bluntly stated in the narration. Six weeks later, a broken crankshaft causes a DNF on camera at Terre Haute, Indiana. Sipes wonders if the fraction of an ounce Mert shaved from that cam follower and all the metal ground off the gears could shoulder some blame for the rash of DNFs later that season. Only someone who's seen the movie 40 times could get this granular about the outcomes of races that happened 15 years before he was born. Sipes feels every loss because he's been there. In 2014, he finished his professional motocross career and focused on new adventures in off-road racing. In 2015, at the 90th Annual International Six Days Enduro in Slovakia, he did something no American had ever done before. He won the individual overall. Malcolm Smith sent Sipes a handwritten note congratulating him. Smith won eight gold medals between 1966 and 1976, but never won the individual award. That winner looking for enriching entertainment to watch while logging miles on his indoor spin bike, Sipes picked up a DVD copy of On Any Sunday, a movie he still hadn't seen. It has become the soundtrack of his life. He plays it in his truck while he drives to races. His son, Jack, now six, watches it on road trips with Dad. The scene where Jim Rice crashes in Sacramento mesmerizes him and he especially loves the trials riding and Widowmaker segments. I think I like it the more I watch it, Sipes says. I pick up more things each time. Today, Sipes gets paid to keep the loosest and most diverse schedule of any dirt bike rider on the planet. He's even won a few dirt track races. Since 2018, he's competed in professional flat track, TT, hill climb, hard enduros, the ISDE, Supercross, Motocross, and a variety of off-road events. He also squared off with freestyle motocross riders and learned a backflip in Travis Pastrana's backyard. He swears that the dozens of hours he spent watching and listening to On Any Sunday didn't give him the idea to become General Sipes, but deep down, he knows it had some influence. Have fun on dirt bikes? Don't get too worked up about anything? That was Malcolm, right? Sipes takes pride when he hears people call him the modern-day Malcolm. It's cool to hear that, but there will never be another Malcolm, he says. And if you're ever at a go-kart facility and see the name Harvey Mushman in the lineup, check to see if Ryan Sipes is behind a steering wheel. A motorcycle is easy to ride, except the first time you try, your next-door neighbor, who probably doesn't know himself, is giving you the hot tips. Brake, clutch, shift, throttle, just simple coordination. Joy Burgess was a 35-year-old widow and single mother 
who had never been around a motorcycle when she first saw On Any Sunday in 2015. She learned about the movie while reading Malcolm, the autobiography, which a friend thought she'd enjoy given her career as a writer and editor. She found the movie online and, to this day, can't believe what happened next. Her husband's unexpected death a few months earlier destroyed her world, but then a movie helped rebuild it. It's surprising how a single thing can change your life so drastically, she says. I felt like I had been introduced to something that had always been missing from my life. The diversity of riders in the opening segment hooked her, and Bruce Brown's storytelling helped her believe that she too could ride. She enjoyed watching the cheeky scene where the man teaches his neighbor and imagined herself in a similar situation. The kind of person who enjoys the in-control feeling that comes from driving a manual transmission, Burgess likes working on machines. She paid close attention in the garage when her minister father worked on the family car. So she found herself a used Honda XR80 with a finicky carburetor and taught herself how to ride in the backyard of her central Florida home. Now she goes trail riding to experience what she saw in the movie, particularly the closing scene where Mert, Malcolm, and McQueen rip around the beach on the shore of the Pacific Ocean and Sally Stevens melodically sings I'm Flying. That scene, even from the grainy pirated version she found on the internet, gave her goosebumps. The stresses in life can't catch you when you're in the wind, she says. It's nothing but you and the bike. I saw freedom in that movie. I wanted that feeling more than anything. Burgess didn't stop with just learning to ride. She found an entirely new career and a new family. She took her skills as a writer in the medical field and applied them toward her new two-wheeled passion. Her first story, a feature on Shana Texter, appeared in an issue of Woman Rider. She soon joined the staff of sister publication Thunder Press, and in February 2021, became the managing editor of the American Motorcyclist Association. The first issue of American Motorcyclist she worked on featured Malcolm Smith on the cover. He turned 80 on March 9, 2021. It all happened because she watched a movie. Bruce had something special, she says. He was legendary at what he did. The reason this movie has lived on is because people who watched it get the same feeling I did. Everyone who watches it wants to tell someone else. Mike Rinn's parents took him to the Washington International Motorcycle Show in 1971 when he was 14. It was held in two large hotel ballrooms and organizers broke the floor plan up by countries and continents. Rinn spent most of his time near the Husqvarna's and Bull Tacos. Behind the European bikes display, a sign advertised the East Coast premiere of On Any Sunday. He recalled reading about the movie in Cycle News. I remember this day so vividly, he says. The hype of the movie really hadn't made it to the East Coast yet. I felt lucky that my parents wanted to see it too because we had to wait two more hours until the next showing. With their tickets in hand, the Rins were led behind a black room divider curtain where 20 metal folding chairs were arranged. Rin said it all seemed very impromptu, as they could still hear the motorcycle show going on a few feet away.
When the film started, however, I was unaware of anything but the screen, he says. The movie changed me for the better. It was all I could talk about for weeks. I still watch it several times a year, and I cue up the soundtrack often, too. William Frederick's wife bought him some On Any Sunday movie posters for Christmas one year, and he unexpectedly, almost involuntarily, cried. It just brings me so many good memories riding with my dad and trying to be like Mert Lawwell, Frederick says. William started on a 1976 Honda Mini Trail. He still has it on his Eastern Maryland farm and uses it to teach new riders. This fellow's a trials rider, the magicians of the motorcycle world. Good trials riders can do wheelies like this for miles, around corners, everywhere, just bopping along, watching the scenery. On any Sunday, influence stories are everywhere. On a buried website from a 2005 memorial event for the movie, Larry Langley of the Orange County Dooley's Motorcycle Club wrote about the time he interviewed Dave Evans, the guy who did the standing wheelie on the trials bike in the movie. Evans told Langley about the time he stumbled upon a Doug Demokas show in front of a motorcycle dealership. Demokas called himself the Wheelie King throughout the 1980s and was a staple of the motorsports halftime show. Among other acts, Demokas could ride an entire lap on a supercross track on one wheel. After the show, Evans talked with Demokas and learned that it was the trials wheelie scene in the movie that, quote, Got me excited about doing wheelies, Demokas told Evans. I figured if you could do it, so could I. Still selling on DVD, even VHS, and currently streaming on Prime, On Any Sunday ranks in the top 50 movies of documentaries sold on Amazon and the top 100 among sports movies and TV shows. It's hard to get too excited about these rankings since several exercise videos made for seniors rank higher, but hey. The movie has over 1,000 five-star ratings and 900 global written reviews on Amazon. In a 2004 review, David Carlin wrote, I purchased this because I was already getting into motorcycles and recently purchased a Honda Shadow. The music was a bit outdated, but strangely enough, I now hum some of the musical themes from the movie. In 2013, Chili Dog Pete said, The first time I saw this movie was in a theater. When the movie was over, I felt like I was buddies with Mert Lawwell, Malcolm Smith, and Steve McQueen. I enjoyed this movie so much that I later purchased a street motorcycle and put 50,000 miles on it in five years. In 2007, Matteo wrote, If you're already a motorcyclist, this movie is guaranteed to make you smile and yearn for a good ride. If you're not yet a motorcyclist, This movie might just turn you into one. If you ride and this movie isn't on your video shelf, buy it now so you don't have to face the embarrassment of telling your riding buddies you don't know who Harvey Mushman is. Discussions about the movie even break out in the most unlikely online venues. The gun community Glock Talk. TDPRI, a page for Telecaster guitar aficionados. The Ford Raptor Forum and every single niche two-wheel discussion page imaginable. Shout out to the 18,000 members of the Yamaha TW200 Forum. 
on any Sunday is far from the last motorcycle documentary ever made. But it's one movie that froze time. Because of its influence and success, Mert and Malcolm are forever 29 years old. Malcolm loves to tell the story of the kids who came into his dealership a few years ago and thought he was the grandfather of Malcolm Smith because he looked a lot older than the man they saw in the movie their father showed them. Vincent Canby, the movie critic, wrote in his 1971 review that Brown may become the poet of the sports world, but he only directed two more movies after On Any Sunday, a little-known ski film called The Edge in 1975 and Endless Summer 2 in 1994. In the end, he didn't write poems for other sports. In our little corner of the world, however, Bruce Brown is our Walt Whitman, and we'll be singing his verses for another 50 years worth of Sundays. Thanks for listening. Now join the Fast family. Every dollar spent at wewentfast.com slash shop goes back into producing Moto History stories. The On Any Sunday product line is now available and it's officially licensed by Bruce Brown Films. Tell a friend about We Went Fast and if you're ever in need of sending a gift, think fast. I can ship anywhere on your behalf. And join the We Went Fast team at patreon.com slash wewentfast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash we went fast. For as little as $3 a month, you get exclusive content, early access to new products, and discounts to the shop. Patreon.com slash we went fast. <laughs>